That's Lens. Coming to you. Well, you won't be hearing it live, but I'm live right now <laughs> in the carport studio. And I've received a lot of good feedback from my immediate family in the last couple of days. Um, I was told by my producer husband that I need to speak directly into the microphone instead of waving my head back and forth like this, where it kind of changes the, <laughs> the sound. Um, apparently, it's kind of complicated to try and mix my voice uh, when I'm moving around in front of the microphone. So I'm going to try and behave better and stay close to the microphone. I'm going to talk into the microphone. Also, I was instructed by my oldest child not to laugh anymore because apparently she thinks it's annoying when I laugh. <laughs> so I let them listen to, they've been asking me, can we listen to your podcast? Can we listen to your podcast? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really think you'll, don't, aren't you guys tired of hearing my voice? I mean, you hear me all day and they're like, we want to listen to it. So I played for them episode six, which for my longtime listeners, <laughs> They will remember it as the episode where I was joined in the studio by a palmetto bug. So I played that like first, I mean, it was like the first 20 minutes of that episode. So they got to hear the first 20 minutes of that. And the whole time, like they were very, they were strangely quiet while they were listening to it. Like not really, I mean, really only like one collective giggle from the three of them. And so I was like, did you did you not think it was funny? Like, did you not like it? And they were like, no, I really liked it. Like two, well, two of them said that. No, I really liked it. And I was like, okay, well, it's just kind of hard for me to tell because you didn't laugh or anything. And then my oldest was like, I was so embarrassed listening to that. Mommy, you have to stop laughing. <laughs> so now I'm super self-conscious about my laugh. Thank you, eldest child. Um, I intend to, uh, I'm going to do some, some, Inter interviews, offspring interviews with them sometime soon. I was waiting for them to tell me, um, I posed the question, did they, would they like to be interviewed? Did they want to be interviewed? And they all three said yes. And so then I said, well, do you want to know what I'm going to ask you ahead of time? Or do you want to be surprised by the questions? And I couldn't get a straight answer out of any of them. So I am waiting until I get their straight answer because I definitely don't want them to feel weird about it. So um, you can just look forward to that whenever that happens. And I also, let's see, what day is it? It's the 7th. Okay, so in about two weeks, yeah, two two more weekends, okay, I'm going to be visiting one of my favorite people in one of my favorite places. I'm going to be visiting my friend Nazarene in Baltimore, and we are going to do a podcast and I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be about, but it has a theme for sure. There's for sure a theme. And, um, I mean, if you already know this person, you already love her. So I know that you'll enjoy this episode, but if you haven't yet met her, this is going to be a fun one. So you have that to look forward to in a couple weeks. I'm going to take the show on the road. Literally, legitimately. Have I told you all about legitimately? Legitimately? Legitimately, okay. My side note: my pre-teenager, whom we could also call a tween or a teenager, she came home from summer camp. This was her second summer getting to go to sleepaway camp, and she came home like talking like this, like, 
la generale. And I was like, what is this? What is happening? And she was like, oh, we made up the most awesome word. It's called legitimately. And it's like we put legit, like legit. And we put literally together to make legitimately. And I was like, but why do you have to say it like that? And she's like, I don't know. That's just how we say it. And that was that was foreshadowing. Y'all know I was an English major in college. I think I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that foreshadowing, you know, the element of literature where you get a little glimpse of things to come. That was some major foreshadowing. (laughs) Um, we have now been in the, uh, the, I don't know if the throes is the right way to say it, but in the last couple weeks I have been immersed in tween culture and I have learned about a phenomenon called Visco Girls. Okay, track with me on this. If if you have heard of this, you will probably just be like nodding your head like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, if you haven't heard about this, you could probably just hit up the YouTube um, and just put in Visco. And it's it's not a word. It's, a, it's an acronym, V-S-C-O. And apparently it is the name of a photo editing app that girls that are on social media use. Now, my my girl child is not on social media, so she doesn't know she doesn't know anything about that part of it. But basically a Visco girl is like um kind of a like super airheady teen girl, like a basic white girl who's a teenager and I've been learning all about them because basically, okay, it's, it's pretty much like I grew up in the nineties. It's basically like who we were in the nineties when we were watching Clueless, like scrunchies and, um, um, all stars, you know, like Chuck Taylors and what's the other, what, what does she call them? Her... Why am I not being able to remember the name of these shoes? Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're really ugly. They look terrible on everyone, but I had the best pair of them ever. They were black crushed velvet. Oh, yeah. Anyway, a Visco girl is a girl that wears a ton of scrunchies on her arm and and also in her hair and um, a shell necklace, like a puka shell necklace and a certain type of t-shirt, like kind of a big baggy t-shirt and then like... um the shoes and they talk about lip gloss and they have, Oh, they carry these water bottles, metal water bottles. I think it's called a hydro flask. And, um, okay. You know, the noise, you know, the noise, like if you had a wa- if you had a metal water bottle and you knock it over and it goes like, like across the ground, what's the word I'm looking for? Like skittering across the ground. The noise that it would make would be like, Right. So they make that noise at each other, like they just say it. And then the other thing they do is that they go, and I oop, and I oop, and I oop. And okay, here's the funny thing about oop. I told you all that I say oop. This is not like that. This is, this is totally different. Okay. Oop came from, um, I'm pretty sure he's a drag queen. I don't remember his name. Sorry. Sorry, guy. Guy who made up, who said the thing. But he was, he was filming himself and he, like, moved in such a way in his chair that made him (laughs) feel a moment of pain. And he said, and it, oop. And then somehow 
tweenage white girls adopted this as their as their saying. And I and I okay. So that's what I've been hearing at my house for like weeks. All right. So anyway, it has kind of like I've been I've been in this place, you know, where I'm like, man, I just I really have I've really been for looking forward to my child getting older. You know, I taught middle school, sixth and seventh grade is like right in my wheelhouse. She's in sixth grade this year. I'm like, I'm finally gonna know what I'm doing with school. And, you know, I've been getting like, um, I've been excited about it and like comfortable, you know, and ready, like so ready. But then, you know, there's that other, there's like the darker side of having a teenager, which is that they're just kind of like, they're sort of all over the place, you know, you know what I'm saying? And my particular teenager likes to argue. And well, I mean, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of typical of all of them. But the problem is I also like to argue so when the two of us get together and she's in a wants to argue mood and I'm kind of always in a wants to argue mood, it's like, yeah. So there have been some moments in the last couple of weeks where I have been reflecting back on times prior to these and thinking of some of my favorite, favorite things that have transpired between us, not just with my oldest child, but with my other children. But, and so one of them came to mind when I was thinking, I've been, I was thinking ahead to like, I'm thinking ahead to my trip that I get to take later this month. And I was thinking just about like days gone by and that Facebook memories, um, has been really like tearing up my heart. Y'all, y'all feel me (laughs) now. I talked about the nineties, so I'm going to have all these nineties music stuck in my head. Oh, it's a little side note, rabbit trail for just a moment. Indulge me. So I went to um, yoga tonight, which I haven't been to yoga in months because I, oh, here comes my train. I have a train. Oh, hi. (laughs) Uh, I haven't been to yoga in months because earlier this year I had kind of a, oh my goodness, kind of an impertinent train this evening. Um, I haven't been to yoga in months because I had kind of an embarrassing, um, injury earlier this year where I, I rode a bike for the first time in a long time. And I, um, it like literally wrecked me, literally it wrecked me It threw my hip out of joint. And so I've been recovering. I think I already told y'all about that. I've been recovering from this, you know, really embarrassing, like, makes me feel very old type injury. And I've just been too, I've been too stove up to even do yoga. That, that doesn't even make sense because yoga is supposed to help you with that. Cause it's just, you know, stretching, focused stretching and strength strengthening, but I've been too stove up to even go. So I finally was like, you know what, I'm just going to suck it up and I'm just going to go. And, um, I'm probably going to be in some hurt tomorrow as a result, even though it was a very gentle class. I'm just like, I'm an old lady now, y'all. I just, I walk around like an old lady. My dad just had his hip replaced and I was, he was, he was really kind he was nervous going into it because you're supposed to get, I think he said you get like 20 good years. Most people, most hip replacements are rated for like 20 years and he's young. He's only 62. And so he's like, what am I going to do? You know, if my hip wears out, in, in 20 years. And I said, well, dad, in 20 years, like I'll be 57 and I'll probably need a new hip by the time I'm 57. Like I'll need one even sooner than you because mine apparently is really jacked up. And so maybe we can get like a group rate. We can go back to your surgeon and like, he can give us like a two for one. And he didn't think that was funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, that wasn't even what I was going to say about yoga class. That was like a rabbit trail from the rabbit trail. But so I went to yoga class for the first time in forever and, um, I'm laying there on the mat and, you know, I should really be focusing on like connecting my center and, you know, like tuning into my chakra. I don't know. My, my yoga teachers don't say stuff like that. Like down here in the South, they don't, they don't talk about chakras. They just say like, you know, uh, like squeeze your butt talks. (laughs) She did say that. Anyhow. I'm laying on the mat, trying to get into the pose, whatever I'm supposed to be doing. And the music, it is a, um, it's an instrumental violin track. And it's so familiar, you know, it's like, it's on the tip of my tongue. Like, what is this song? What is this song? And it's like, every step I take, every move you make. Yeah, it was, I'll be watching you. (laughs) Violin instrumental. So at this point... My concentration is totally blown. And I realize that what we're listening to is a, it's an unending violin track. Like it, n- there was no break in the playing of the violin for the entire hour, hour long class. I was in there one never ending montage of, I guess, like number one hits. And y'all, we went on such a journey. There was Justin Timberlake in there. There was Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift. There was oldies that I knew the song from riding in the car, you know, like being in the carpool line with my mom growing up. We're listening to B98.5. Like there was probably some Huey Lewis in the news in there. It was so distracting. I just feel like I need to send a PSA out there to all yoga teachers, like dear yoga teachers of the world, please do not use instrumental tracks to songs that have actual words because someone in your class will be so distracted that they will not be able to focus for the rest of the class. So please just like reserve the tracks with the people that are like, "Mm, like just kind of do those like rushing streams of water chimes, that kind of stuff is good. Like nothing that would have words to it that people might be able to figure out because that's literally all I did. I laid on the mat doing really half-hearted stove-up yoga, just trying to figure out what song was playing in the background. Um, okay, so that was my rabbit trail. Anyway, anyhow, anyhow, I have been really looking forward to stuff that's coming in the future. Now I can't remember why I was going down the rabbit trail about yoga class. Maybe it'll come to me. Hmm. Anyway, I'm excited about the future because... I'm going to go get to visit my friend. And I was going down this in mental, like thinking about that and thinking about, um, you know, my child and, and, oh, and Facebook is showing me all of these wonderful memories of days gone by and years gone by. And so I was thinking about some of my favorite things that I've ever experienced, um, with the kids. And so because I want to remember all of the good times and not focus on maybe the like currently somewhat challenging times, I'm going to tell you a story. We're going to go on a journey and I'm going to tell you about last summer when I became a grandmother. Yes, that is true. I am a grandmother. I have three granddaughters and this is the story of how that came to be. So um, every summer, my friend from Baltimore and her daughter, who is the same age, basically, as my oldest daughter, they have come to visit us for like the last, I think we're on, I think this was at least summer number three. 
because it's definitely been, and it's right around the 4th of July every time. 4th of July is my favorite holiday. Um, so every time they come to visit, I want to think of something, you know, like different and fun that we can do. We, we have some like favorite things that we do every time. Um, like we make a double batch of blueberry ice cream. Um, out of the blueberries that come from our yard. We have a big blueberry patch in our yard. So that's one of the things that we do every time. Of course, because it's like 4th of July. Oh, and my husband goes and buys like a bazillion dollars worth of fireworks and scares us to death with them. But um, but every time they come to visit, I, I want to think of something new and different to do for them um, that will be entertaining, you know, because they live in the city. Like they are city, city. And we are like country, country in comparison. And I mean, they can hang great. Like they love it. She jokes about, she calls it like her country home. And I love that. Like, I hope she always feels like it's her country home and she can just show up anytime she needs a vacation. So, um, so in particular last summer, um, leading up to the trip, I was asking her like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I don't know, you know, whatever. Like you always make good plans. Like I always enjoy what we do. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you think of something that you want to do, just let me know. So at some point before the trip happened, she, she texts me. And if our text, if our text thread was not like 5,000 miles long, I would have gone back and tried to find it because the conversation that ensued was pretty funny. And I would have just read you straight from our texts. But basically I get in very rapid succession, this rapid fire string of texts. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I just found out about this place. Does this place really exist? You have to tell me. Does this place really exist? If this exists, we're going there. Tell me it's real because I want to go there. So anyone that is from the South, like in this, you know, we sort of have like the Alabama. We don't, Florida is not the South. So don't, don't get your feelings hurt if I don't list Florida. I'm sorry. If you're from Florida, you know, you're not from the South. You know, it's just different. Florida is a different country. It's like the Australia of America. The South is like Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina. And my dog is in the closet on the other side of the wall barking. Sorry about that. Um, so if you live in the South, you know that one of the things that we are famous for is being the home to Xavier Roberts, Cabbage Patch Doll, Mecca, Babyland, Babyland General Hospital to be exact. And no joke, you guys, there is a place you can go. It is called Babyland General Hospital. And it is out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So it doesn't matter where you live. It's going to take you several hours to get there. But you can go there and you can see where the Cabbage Patch dolls come from. And it is like a pilgrimage. If you're if you have a daughter, if you're a mom of girls, this is a pilgrimage that at some point in your parenting, mothering career, you're going to have to go on. A lot of dads also get taken on this trip. But in this particular case, we left our token dad, Chris, at home and we just made it a girl's trip. <laughs> but I could not believe I said, where did you hear about this? She said, one of my friends, one of my friends from up here went and she's posting pictures on it, of it on Facebook. And like, I can smell the Cabbage Patch dolls. Like we have to go. And so I'm like, I'm down. I'm absolutely down. I have had three girls and have still like much to my shame and distress, not made it out there to Babyland yet. So we planned it. Okay. 
So like I said, it's it's a it's a it's a journey. It's a pilgrimage to get there. So we planned a whole day. It was gonna take us a whole day to get there, do the thing, um, see the stuff, sniff the dolls, and then get home again. So we planned for a whole day adventure. Not only that, I made sure to find my very own cabbage patch doll that I got in probably I'm gonna hazard to say it was like between 1987 I would have been five in 1987 so we're gonna say it was like between 1987 and 1988 that sounds about right um her name is Jenny she is a cabbage patch kid as not a cabbage patch baby because there is a difference the babies are the ones that have the bald noggin with just a little tuft of hair on top if they have any hair just like a little tuft Mine is a Cabbage Patch doll. She has a full head of yarn, yellow yarn hair, little curly short hair, and her name is Jenny, and I don't remember if I named her that or if that was her name, but she um, still has her original outfit that she came in, and she looks toe up, y'all. I'm not even kidding. Toe up from the flow up. One of her feet, the stitching for the toes came out of it. So it looks like she has elephantitis <laughs> in one foot. And she's got like marker stuff, you know, like marker marks on her head and scuff marks. And, but she's still my girl. She's still my original girl, my Jenny. And so, um, so we got Jenny rounded up. Also, side note, my husband, someone made him like a, like a homemade cabbage patch doll when he was a kid like a, I don't know if he was a baby I don't know how old he was when he got it but he went to the trouble to go find this thing he still has it and his brother got one and somehow we ended up with his brothers as well and he found them and brought them out and took great great glee out of scaring all of the girls with them because these these dolls are ugly y'all they look like they're gonna wake up in the middle of the night that's the kind of doll they look like scary. Um, anyway, those dolls did not get to come with us because they were not legit. They do not have the stamp on the booty. So anyway, we set out on our pilgrimage. Also, I would like to mention we were wearing matching shirts because that's another thing we do in the South. If you have a squad, like you all get matching shirts. So we all have, we're, we're a squad for sure. And we all had our matching shirts that say mom squad on them. They're like a bright corally pink color lettering in black mom squad. So anyway, we packed up the car. Everybody had their mom squad shirt on. We packed a lunch. We were going to have a picnic at Babyland, and we grabbed up Jenny and we hit the road. And of course, um, Nazarene and I both really enjoy embarrassing our kids. Uh, and so on the way to Babyland, which seemed to take forever in a day, especially because my youngest was acting like she was being car sick. So we kept having to like stare at her and worry about her and stop and buy sprites and things like that. But on the way there, we started making up songs about Jenny <laughs> and the best one we go. Don't be fooled by the locks that she got. She's still, she's still Jenny from the box. Cause you know, they come in boxes. Now she smells a little, used to smell a lot. <laughs> no matter where she goes, she knows where she came from. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, 
It's a good time when we get together. You're going to be entertained. Just wait. Just you wait. So, ooh, I hit my microphone with my water cup. So, we made the pilgrimage and we got to Babyland. So, we pile out of the car and this place looks like a huge mansion, like a Georgian mansion. And we find out when we get there that it used to be like Xavier Roberts bought it. It was already built. It was some huge like event facility, I think, that used to have. Actually, I think you can still have a wedding there. Um, if I'm remembering correctly. But basically, it's a huge mansion, like big columns, you know. And all over the front lawn as you drive up are enormous cabbages. Cabbage statues are like lawn ornaments with enormous baby heads emerging from the cabbage. So the whole lawn outside is a cabbage patch. So we park and we head in and we were getting there. Well, it was, first we stopped and had a little picnic. We had a picnic on the grounds. So they had some picnic tables set up in one area. So we went and had a little picnic. And then we head in and we're going in and we're like, you know, there's moms and kids and babies, you know, cabbage patch dolls and babies are coming out. And you can, I mean, I you can almost like, you can almost smell the cabbage patch smell like before you even get in there and then you get in there and you're like oh, it hits you in the face and you're like we're here we're in the place where the cabbage patch babies are born so you come in and you come into a lobby and they have it set up like a hospital nurse's desk and the lady behind the desk is the sweetest cutest little grandma and she's got on a nurse's uniform and a nurse's cap and she's got her name tag and you sign in and she sees that I'm holding Jenny because, yeah, I brought Jenny inside, obviously. So she sees that I'm holding Jenny and she said, oh, is this your baby? And I said, yes, this is Jenny. And she said, well, Jenny needs a name tag. And so she she says, may I? And so I hand Jenny across the counter to her and she fills out this little sticker that says like visitor. And it puts her, like, she. I think she wrote Jenny on there. And then the date. Okay, this is what cracks me up. I know that the reason that they do this sticker is so that they will know that I'm not stealing the doll. But, I mean, there is no doubt. Nobody could mistake poor Jenny for a doll that was attempting to be stolen with her elephantitis foot and whatever. But anyway, it was so cute. So Jenny gets her little visitor's tag. And then she says, okay, you know, enjoy. You know, have a great day. And... We think that the mother cabbage might be getting ready to give birth again. And we're like, oh, the mother cabbage might give birth while we're here. This is amazing. Because yes, y'all, the mother cabbage is present and and publicly gives birth on, I'm sure what is not a schedule, but it, it happened twice while we were there. <laughs> so... We go through and they have it set up. It's a little bit like a museum to start in. You see some of the first Cabbage Patch dolls. And then you open up into the main area. And there are just like Cabbage Patch dolls, Cabbage Patch babies, as far as the eye can see. And they all have a full outfit, you know, down to the shoes on. And all of them are wearing a name tag. And we find out that the babies are named by whomever is there visiting when the baby is born, the cabbage patch baby. When the cabbage patch baby emerges from the mother cabbage, 
they ask someone who is present, what should we name? And then they get to name them. And then you have the opportunity to adopt the baby. Okay. Straight from the cabbage. I guess the mother cabbage doesn't rear her young. How sad. So anyway, we are just like all of us, but I'm going to be honest and say like mostly the most excited, definitely me and Naz. Definitely. So we're just walking around. We're like, oh, look at this one. Oh my goodness. Look at this one. And we're just like every single one of them you pick up, you have to give it a nice big huff because that smell, like that smell just, does it not smell like Christmas morning? That's what it smells like to me. The smell of a cabbage patch doll's head is like Christmas morning. So we're walking around and then Nazarene finds one that looks like her doll that she had growing up. And I'm so sorry. I apologize. I cannot remember what her doll's name was. Maybe it will come to me. But she had like kind of auburn hair. No, no, red hair. Red hair? Auburn hair. I don't know. She was very pretty. That's all I remember. I think she had big long ponytails. I'm probably telling this totally wrong and I'm going to get like severely rebuked <laughs> when I hear when I hear how, how poor of a job I did. Anyway, we are milling around and we're looking at all the... And then... We notice, we look over, and the mother cabbage, okay, the cabbage patch is under this tree. And when the crystals in the tree start to light up, that means that the cabbage, the mother cabbage is about to give birth. And so sure enough, we see the crystals are lighting, the crystals are twinkling, and then two nurses come out and they say, attention, everyone, it looks like Mother Cabbage is getting ready to give birth. If you'd like to be present for the birth of our newest Cabbage Patch baby, please join us under the magical tree canopy. And so we're like, well, of course, this is what we are here for. So we all gather in front of the Mother Cabbage. And it's basically like it's a it's a very big, very large tree with a big canopy over the Cabbage Patch. And the crystals are twinkling and the nurses get everything ready. And they're walking us through the whole thing. And they're saying, okay, first we need to check that the mother cabbage is dilated enough to give birth. And they get this like big measuring thing out and they go and they measure the cabbage leaves. And they're like, yes, everything looks as it should be. It looks like we're getting ready to have another little one join us. And so then they set up an IV pole and they're like, And now the mother cabbage will get her dose of imagicillin, which will help her to have a safe and painless birth. (laughs) So they hook up the IV pole and they start the imagicillin drip. And then they, I think they did, if I'm remembering correctly, they said, okay, we're going to do an ultrasound now to see, um, which direction the baby is facing. And they, so they turn on their ultrasound machine and lo and behold, in the tree, the image of the baby shows up. So that's like tree trunk slash, uh, ultrasound monitor. And they say, Oh, this is wonderful news. It appears that the baby is coming head first. That's great. That's great. Um, sometimes the babies don't come head first. And in those cases, it's much more complicated. We call those a branch delivery. (laughs) So Naz and I are just cracking up 
exchanging all of these looks. Like, what in the world? <laughs> and so all of these little kids are gathered around, just wrapped attention. And they say, okay, it's time for the mother cabbage to give birth. On three, we need everyone to help encourage her. One, two, three, push. And so the whole crowd, push. And then they go, and again. And my youngest doesn't wait for one, th- one two, three. She yells, push. <laughs> one, two, three, push. Push again. And lo and behold, the nurses, here they are delivering the baby. Little by little, little by little. <laughs> They're kind of like rotating the poor little baby back and forth, back and forth. And they're coming right straight up, right out of a cabbage. Okay. And so then they vary one more push, push. And then out comes the baby and it's naked. They're not born with clothes on. Baby is naked and it's got a little shock of hair on top. And there's a little girl. This is when we notice that there's a little girl standing very close to the front. And they look at her and they say, are you the mommy that's here to... Um, adopt this baby? And she's like, uh-huh. And they're like, and what, what were you hoping for? Were you hoping for a boy or a girl? And she's like, a girl. And they're like, okay, now we're going to check. And they turn the baby over and they're like, congratulations, it's a girl. And we're all, yay. Oh, and like, you're just, you can't, I couldn't even, I couldn't even believe the emotion that overtook me. In this moment. I mean, I'm not even going to lie, you guys. I was crying. I shed a tear at the birth of a cabbage patch. A plastic-headed baby doll came out of a fake mother cabbage patch. And I cried about it. Okay? <sighs> anyway. They wrap the baby up. They get, get a little pink blanket. And they wrap her up. And they say, okay, now if you'd like to join us at the nursery window, you can watch us as we weigh the baby and dress the baby and give the baby its first bath. And so the little mama, the little adoptive mom, follows them over. And they go into a room that's behind a window. And you can't see her. You can see in, but you can't hear what they're saying. And she stood at the window and watched them. And they gave them, they gave her little baby a bath. And then they dressed her. And then they put her in the window for all of us to see. And her mom and dad were there taking pictures. It was hysterical. It was so funny. So we're all kind of standing there, you know, like in the, in the afterglow of birth, you know. All the oxytocin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> From a birthy perspective, it was pretty funny. Um, but so we're we're kind of standing there, and they're all of our girls. So there's four of them, three of which are mine, and only one of which is Nazarene's. And so she's like, "Well, girls, have you seen everything that you wanted to see?" And we're like, "Yeah, you know, we've 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 gone around this room. We've spent, you know, we've been here like over an hour at this point." And um, she's like, "Well." I still haven't seen, I still haven't seen which doll was your favorite. Did you, did you see one that was your favorite? And they're like, oh yeah, I did. And so she's like, well, I want to see everybody's favorite because I know which one is my favorite. You know, my favorite is this one because it looks like my doll that I had growing up and I'm still toting my Jenny around and pointing out like every doll that looks like Jenny, you know, like this one looks like Jenny. Oh, this one looks like Jenny, you know? And she's like, well, I want to see all, all of your favorites. So go find me your favorite and come show her to me. And so they're all kind of turning and starting. And then she whips around and she goes, I'm buying everyone a doll. Don't even try and talk me out of it. 
And I was like, what? No, you're not. No, you're, no, you absolutely. And she's like, yes, I am. I'm doing it. You can't tell me what to do. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you cannot. I have three. Ch- no, no, you cannot. I have three. Ch-. She's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You can't stop me. And then she like runs off. And I'm just standing there going, oh my gosh, what is happening? She is not buying them all a doll. This is insane. I don't even know how much these are. Like, this is crazy. Like, we're just here to see the spectacle. Well, of course, being the amazingly generous and fun-loving, like, aunt that she is, she just completely is like, oh, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing this thing upright. It hadn't even occurred to me, guys. Like, it hadn't even occurred to me that she would try and pull a stunt like this. And so I'm just in shock. I'm just standing there with my mouth open. All the girls are going around. They all find the ones. Cause they, and they had. They had all picked out their favorite. And so they all are like, this one is my favorite. I like her the best. And so they're standing there. And she says, so this is your favorite favorite, huh? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it really is. And she's like, okay. Well, we got to go to the adoption office because we're taking them home. And their jaws are just like, oh, what? seriously and then one or two of them squeal I think and then one or two of them are quiet and so sure enough in order to take the doll home you can't just like you don't just go up to the register and buy it and throw it in a bag and take it out no you go well you do have to pay you do have to do that part (laughs) and they do give you a bag but after you pay you stand and you wait to meet with the adoption registrar nurse register nurse registering nurse anyway you you wait and you go into and I think our sweet little nurse's name was Patricia if I remember correctly is that right now correct me if I'm wrong but I think it was because we were talking about her having our grandma's name right I hope I'm remembering this correctly and one by one each girl goes up to the desk and she gets to pick her baby's name so all of the babies that were there waiting to be adopted. They had a name that was given to them when they were born, but then when you adopt your baby, you can change your baby's name if you want to. And so, um, let me see if I can remember what she named hers. Uh, Aubrey. I think we had an Aubrey. And then I think that was Nazarene's daughters was Aubrey. And then my oldest named hers Avery. Avery was the name she came with. So she kept Avery, but then she changed her middle name to Mary, like Mary Ingalls. <laughs> so Avery, Mary. And then my second named hers, Bella. And I can't remember what Bella's middle name is. And then my youngest, who was five at the time, named hers Kaylee Baby Cora. After her best friend's two little sisters, Kaylee and baby Cora. (laughs) Baby Cora was a baby. So hers is named Kaylee baby Cora. And that is what her birth certificate says. So all four of them stood and they took the oath to be a good adoptive mommy. And we walked out of there. Nazarene and I walked out of there as grandmothers. (laughs) And so we did the only thing that made sense. And we had a photo shoot on the lawn with all of our grandchildren, all of our children and our grandchildren clustered around the gigantic lawn ornaments of cabbage patches, cabbage patch babies. And then we spent the whole rest of the day getting back home, 
with all of our babies, all of our children and grandchildren in tow and brought them home that night and tucked all the babies and all the kids and all of the babies in. And I'm not even lying when I say that this, it was one of my favorite memories that I've ever had with my kids. Like on, on the list of things would be things like, um, when we witnessed a solar eclipse, a complete solar eclipse in totality. Um, the first time we took all of them on an airplane ride, like all of these, it's all, it's way up there. Babyland, the trip to Babyland. It was just such, it was such a quintessential, like, I felt like the most Southern white mom ever doing it, which is just what I am. So it was just the totality of like all of the things that are me at this stage of my life, having mom friends and having our kids be friends and us going and doing things in our mom squad t-shirts and that thing being adopting baby dolls at Babyland. It was just the best day. It was the best day. And it's one of the days that I like to think back on and reflect upon when I'm having kind of like a much more reality-based teenager day because this was only last summer, I think, wasn't it? If it was two summers ago, I would be shocked, but I really think it was last summer. So we knew that if we were going to get this, if we were going to get this thing done with our girls before they crossed the rainbow bridge to being teens, it had to be done. It had to be now. And I'm not going to say whether or not my teenager still tucks her Cabbage Patch doll into bed, but my six-year-old definitely does every night. And very often she will ask me if I want a good sniff of the baby before I go to bed. And my answer is always yes, always. And so now that I've sat in here and I've talked about it for over 40 minutes, I'm now Jones in and I'm going to need to go in the house and sneak back in their room where they're all sleeping and sniff all the baby dolls. So this concludes episode 12 of the podcast Oddly Adulting. I think I've completely lived up to my reputation of oddness with this story. And if you are anywhere in the like um, three or four state radius of Babyland General Hospital, I highly, highly suggest that you make a pilgrimage there. If you have a young daughter, it is a place that you only need to go there once. Okay. So if you got more than one daughter, wait until they're all old enough to remember it. But do yourself a favor and go to Babyland just once because it's an experience unlike any other. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I would love it if you found me on Instagram under the name Oddly Adulting, or you could send me an email to oddlyadulting at gmail.com, or you can visit me on my website, oddlyadulting.com, and leave me a comment. Also, if you're just feeling generous, you can hit me up with a donation also available on oddlyadulting.com. So, and if you do, if you do donate to the podcast, um, leave me a note when you donate saying whether or not I'm allowed to speak your name into the void, because I would like to say thank you to anyone who parts with their hard earned dollars, um, to show their appreciation to the podcast. So if you end up someday sending me a donation, just let me know in the little note that PayPal lets you leave, whether or not I can say your name. And I'll still thank you. If you want to stay anonymous, I'm still going to say thanks, but let me know whether or not it's okay for me to use your name on air, if you don't mind. 
And that's it. That's all I got for you. It's late. I'm jonesing for a huff of the Cabbage Patch doll, so I'm going to sign off. And if you made it all the way to the end of this, I love you. And Jesus does too. Bye. Music is by Kevin McLeod. Winner, winner.